TLK Boss FM Talk Ain't no stopping us Very black That's what I'm talking about On today's episode, we're talking black culture, trending topics, and more live Hosted by yours truly, Alex Haynes Alex Unmuted on all platforms Unmuted Nation starts now Very black this is Boss FM. Happy Hump Day, Happy Wednesday. I'm Alex Haynes, and this is Unmuted Nation. You're listening to Boss FM. Uh, you are our one, and we are, yeah, very black. <laughs> Got more of uh, the nation coming up for you in just a moment. My number, 1-844-UNMUTED. That's 1-844-866-8833. Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. We're finally breaking news uh, today as uh, House Republicans uh, have made a vote to make a change in leadership. I have the details of what's happening uh, in our Congress, why you should be concerned, what you need to be paying attention to and how it's going to affect you, not uh, just immediately, but the aftermath, what to look for, uh, why people are, are having these conversations and, and what we're actually talking about. There's also uh, a nut insane unrest in the Middle East as uh, and dozens are dead as violence continues to escalate between Palestinians and Israelis um, leaders in the Middle East speaking out uh, on why uh, we may need to just buckle up and uh, stay to get ready for what's what's to come uh, further on the White House is urging Americans not to hoard gas as uh, the hacked pipeline remains shut down uh, states in the South, uh, uh, honestly, below the Mason-Dixon line, uh, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Mississippi, and Alabama uh, declaring states of emergencies. We're monitoring that, and we'll give you the latest updates on uh, where you can get gas, what you should do because of this gas shortage, and why you should be concerned. I'm following all of those details, and... Um, there's just a number of, of things that we need to know. I'll tell you uh, how an emergency program is slated to give people $50 off of their internet bill uh, because we are still in a pandemic. And if you are still uh, on the outs about getting your vaccine, I'll tell you where you may be able to get one, where you may get some peace about it, and changes that you may see over the summer that may encourage you to make that step. Uh, we I got a lot. I got a lot. And I'm going to dive into uh, an Iowa city that, you know, I learned about yesterday. Des Moines, Iowa, a number of Black Lives Matter protests lit up this city. These activists are now facing the fallout, but many of them also running for office. I have all of those details and uh, no one does it like me. Well, you know, that's what, that's what I believe. <laughs> uh, I think those are those are most of the headlines I care about. I know that yesterday the Internet was broken because of Portia Williams from Real House of Wise of Atlanta. If I have time to weigh in on that, I'll definitely do that for you today. You y'all y'all come on. Now, you know, you know, um, Instagram introducing a feature for users to add or change their pronouns on their profiles. And, and do you know what the profi- pronouns are? Do you know why pronouns are important? Uh, is that a conversation that you're having amongst your friends and your family? If you uh, identify with a standard pronoun or a more, more commonly used pronoun that people are using, is this going to become standard in the workplace? Is this standard in our families and standard in our communities? Why or why not? We'll talk about that a little bit and something we may expand on. All right. 1-844-AMUTED. That's 844-866-8833. AMUTED Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Welcome back to the nation. So uh, a number of things for you to know if you've been paying attention to what's going on and uh, obviously the Republicans are in disarray. Um, Following this morning, the the, uh, House Republicans voted to oust Liz Cheney. She is a uh, congresswoman from Wyoming and she's also the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. Now she's the third, well she was the third most powerful Republican in the country uh, second to Kevin McCarthy uh, who uh, was is this uh, House Minority Leader. Now in the Senate you've got your Senate uh, minor- Minority Leader at this point which was the former Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, but power has changed. Democrats are in power right now and uh, the Republicans are second um, to the Democrats. Now the party in total disarray uh, Donald Trump 
is uh, speaking out in uh, on his thoughts about Liz Cheney. His words: she is bitter. Hor- uh, she is a bitter, horrible human being. Trump celebrates ousting, the ousting of uh, warmonger, no personality Liz Cheney, and says he looks forward to watching her as a paid contributor on CNN. Donald Trump, yes, the messy bitch that lives for dra- drama. Um. I- Here's my thoughts, right? So I'm, a, I'm a just, I'm a realist, right? This, this is, this is what goes on. Republicans have removed her, uh, and, and the reasoning. Now, it's not. She's actually a very conservative woman, and the, the, the person that's stepping up, Elise Stefanik, she's a congresswoman from New York. Uh, she has a very uh, moderate voting record, so she's not voted with Trump a hundred percent of the time, a little, closer to sixty-two percent of the time, and she's voted with Donald Trump or with the Republican Party. She, she's from New York, so she's been a, a bit moderate she saw an opportunity and she's leaned totally right liz cheney her voting record extremely conservative she is a staunch republican voting 92.9 percent of the time with donald trump now the wyoming lawmaker cheney she's consistently con- criticized the former president's false claims about the election after his supporters waged a deadly attack on the u.s capitol she also spoke out on the house floor last night and had something to say about uh how she just would not retreat here's liz cheney last night on the house floor i listened to him talk of his dream of liberating his nation from communism years later for his dedication to the cause of freedom Boris Nemtsov was assassinated by Vladimir Putin's thugs. In Warsaw in 1990, I listened to a young Polish woman tell me that her greatest fear was that people would forget. They would forget what it was like to live under Soviet domination, that they would forget the price of freedom. Three men, an immigrant who escaped Castro's totalitarian regime, a young man who grew up behind the Iron Curtain and became his country's Minister of Defense, and a dissident who spent years in the Soviet Gulag, have all told me it was the miracle of America, captured in the words of President Ronald Reagan, that inspired them. And I have seen the power of faith and freedom. I listened to Pope John Paul II speak to thousands in Nairobi in 1985, and 19 years later, I watched that same pope take my father's hands, look in his eyes, and say, God bless America. God has blessed America, Mr. Speaker, but our freedom only survives if we protect it, if we honor our oath taken before God in this chamber to support and defend the Constitution, if we recognize threats to freedom when they arise. Today, we face a threat America has never seen before. A former president who provoked a violent attack on this Capitol in an effort to steal the election has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. He risks inciting further violence. Millions of Americans have been misled by the former president. They have heard only his words, but not the truth as he continues to undermine our democratic process, sowing seeds of doubt about whether democracy really works at all. I am a conservative Republican, and the most conservative of conservative principles is reverence for the rule of law. The Electoral College has voted. More than 60 state and federal courts, including multiple judges the former president appointed, have rejected his claims. The Trump Department of Justice investigated the former president's claims of widespread fraud and found no evidence to support them. The election is over. That is the rule of law. That is our constitutional process. Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path 
that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. As the party of Reagan, Republicans have championed democracy, won the Cold War, and defeated the Soviet communists. Today, America is on the cusp of another Cold War, this time with communist China. Attacks against our democratic process and the rule of law empower our adversaries and feed communist propaganda that American democracy is a failure. We must speak the truth. Our election was not stolen, and America has not failed. I received a message last week from a Gold Star father who said, Standing up for the truth honors all who gave all. We must all strive to be worthy of the sacrifice of those who have died for our freedom. They are the patriots Catherine Lee Bates described in the words of America the Beautiful when she wrote, O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. Ultimately, Mr. Speaker, this is at the heart of what our oath requires, that we love our country more, that we love her so much that we will stand above politics to defend her, that we will do everything in our power to protect our Constitution and our freedom that has been paid for by the blood of so many. We must love America so much that we will never yield in her defense. That I'm usually I will not give you a full clip like that, like five minutes of just someone speaking or a speech. But it was important that you get the full context, right? I want you to come back to this podcast. I want you to I want you to share this. Uh, if you're listening live, I want you to check it on the podcast. I want you to go back and listen to it and listen to her words. And she was very clear, right? She's a conservative Republican. She will not stand by and watch this line. What she's actually doing is staying on standing on the right side of history. My question today goes out to my conservative Christian. Uh, Republican friends like you say that you've been I mean you're no longer the family uh, the the party of family values and you threw those out of the the, the woodwork and and out of the 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 structure of the the party by electing Donald Trump who was literally grabbing them by the pussy and cussing folks out and talking about shithole countries like you 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 can't be the party of family values you're just not um, and you stand by the only reason that you are contrarian. So you stand against the opposite, right? You look at an issue and you try to make it an issue, even if it's not an issue. Liz Cheney has stood with those principles and with her, what she claims as values. But I don't think she's a I would never say that she's a patriot or somebody that I idolize or think that she's such an upstanding woman. I've never agreed with her politics at all. And I, I don't go. I don't at this point. But she's somebody that stood for truth and she took an opportunity and she's probably going to be on the right side of history which most people in that Republican Party are not going to be. And what is that going to look like? How does, how's that going to sound? It's not going to be uh, pretty, right? Because they're literally ripping the party apart and they're ripping the country apart. And as the country is falling apart, it seems um, they're, they're just not even batting an eye to it. So I think it's totally concerning. I'm totally frustrated and flustered and confused at how these people could continue on like that. But I had a couple of questions that I wanted to pose, right? Because this is me sitting in in, in wh- from where I sit and from where, where I stand and from the platform that I'm on each and every day my question uh to conservative Christians okay uh and it's okay you can you can you know uh, my my real first question how do you explain to your kids that your party removed a leader for committing to truth how do you tell them to tell the truth in good faith how do you convince them that the truth will work in their benefit what do you say when they ask why everyone you know lies do you double down on the lies in the name of the lord what are we doing here semantics or just more gaslighting are you gaslighting your damn children questions that need answers listen the response from the people that i grew up with in the churches that i i grew up with well you know christians don't have a party that is bullshit you do you do and you and i used to you know i grew up in a really multicultural church you don't know that but i'm telling you that um (laughs) 
I'm so speechless. Like, how do you tell them to tell the truth in good faith? You you really can't do that. I used to tell the the conservatives that I grew up with. Um, no, black Christians. I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for y'all, but we have a party because this there's there, the Republican Party was staunchly against black bodies and black people and but black life, right? So no, it didn't make sense. Well, you know, they're with a poor. We're the party of family values, not my family. Well, we're one Christian family, obviously not. So what gives here? How do they pivot here? You know, you what you do, and my mom used to say this often, and I know that my mom was not alone in saying this. Mother said this everywhere. Uh, you tell one lie, you have to tell another. You tell that lie, and then you have to start remembering your lies. That's the problem with lying. Now, there's some reporting uh, that the GOP is broken. Uh, I've got experts speaking out and saying that more than 100 Republicans led by anonymous Trump critic uh, have signed a letter threatening to form a third party unless it breaks with the former president. Listen, power is something. And I really think what's what's happened is the Republicans saw what power looked like when Donald Trump was in office, but he was polarizing. He's an asshole and he's a media genius. So he knew what he was doing. Nobody in that party has that same power. No one in that party has the same abilities. No part, no one in the party has the ability to carry it in that way. They don't have the charisma. They don't have the fame. They don't have the ability to tell and commit to the lies and the rhetoric. So that's the only way that it sticks. It's, it's, it is bizarre. It's bizarre. I want to know your thoughts. If you're following this, you know, and, and, and some of you, my, so I have black friends that are Republicans. Um, at one point I thought if it was all about money, I probably would have been one, but it's not. It's, I'm, I'm a, I'm about values, like real values and integrity. And, you know, I just am not able. I'm, I'm not able to forego the treatment of people that I love and the treatment of people that live in communities that I may not live in now, but that I once lived in. I cannot look away from them being treated, um, you know, <laughs> harshly. And, and, I, and I just refuse to do that. So I, I think the question is out there. You know, I'm not the only person that wants to know. We all want to know. Your thoughts, 844-UNMUTED, 844-866-8833, Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. We're talking Liz Cheney and Republicans removing her from House leadership. Up for rebuking Trump's election lies. What's next? How far will they go and how long will this continue? Uh, will people stand up to this party? And if there's a split in the party, what happens next? You know, who emerges and what need, what really needs to happen, what we see and what we, what we know about situations like this is that in a, a charismatic leader needs to emerge. But let me remind you some of the people that have led in this party. Psych, psych like psychotic ass people. Sarah Palin, uh, became a leader in the party because she was so polarizing when she ran with John McCain against Barack Obama back in 2008. And so when you think about how this party looks from the inside out, and I, and I'm not a champion of either party, right? I'm not. I vote my conscience and I vote what matters to me. And sometimes, very rarely, you know, the Republicans may have something that I agree with and I, I may vote with them, but I, I think I, 844, unmuted, 844-866. Um, is that it? 844-866-833. <laughs> nation on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, I'll talk about uh, some people that are being, people that you know, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2021. Great names on the list. I got more of the nation coming up for you in moments. Follow Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Like Unmuted Nation on Facebook. Unmuted Nation. 
Welcome back to Unmuted Nation. I'm Alex Haynes. If you're just tuning in with me, I want you to do this. Share this feed. If, if you're listening uh, on our live feed or in the Boss FM app, all you got to do is click the share option. Uh, let it Share it on your social platforms and let people know that the nation is live on Boss FM Talk. If you're listening via podcast, share your podcast from your favorite provider, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, or the Boss FM app. And share the, sharing this app is caring, right? So the Rock and Walk Roll Hall of Fame 2021 inductees include Tina Turner, Jay-Z, and the Foo Fighters. Um, Carol King, uh, and, uh, yeah, Todd Rundgren, some other people, uh, tons of people made it, but this is important, right? Uh, <laughs> the Hall said its 2021 class includes the most diverse list of inductees in the history of the organization, which is notable, right? When the global Golden Globes, global, global Globes, Golden Globes uh, was canceled for by NBC uh, for this upcoming year for the lack of diversity. Dave Grohl, who founded the Foo Fighters in Seattle in 1994 uh, after the death of Kurt Cobain, was inducted with Nirvana in 2014. King, the iconic raspy voice singer, uh, was inducted with Jerry Goffin in 1990. And Turner, known as the Queen of Rock and Roll, was previously inducted with Ike Turner in 1991. But this diverse class of intelligent inductees reflects the Hall's ongoing commitment to honor artists whose music created the sound of youth culture. Uh, to be eligible for Induction artists have had to release their first record 25 years earlier and have created music whose originality, impact, and influence has changed the course of rock and roll, according to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's how you qualify. You wonder why people are in there or why people that um you know have had long-standing careers in music that is that is not rock and roll. We'll talk about that in another time. Uh, how that happens or why they don't get um in or why they get in uh, musicians and groups who were nominated but were not inducted this go round Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush Devo, Iron Maiden Shaka Khan, Fela Cootie LL Cool J, New York Dolls Rage Against the Machine and Dion Warwick now 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 Dion alright all right, rock and roll. I'm done with this at this point. Uh, LL has been nominated six times without success. Khan has been nominated three times as a solo artist and four times as a member of Rufus. Rage Against the Machine and Rungeon have been nominated three times and Devo, Bush, and the New York Dolls have been nominated twice. The Foo Fighters and Jay-Z were inducted in their first year of eligibility. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, allows fans to vote on the nominees. The top five artists in that vote make up a fan's ballot that gets tallied with the rest of the ballots. Turner topped the fan vote. The 36th annual ceremony will take place at 8 p.m. October 30th at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. Uh, so the Music Excellence Award will go to LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes. And the Early Influence Award will go to Kraftwerk, Gil Scott Heron, and Charlie uh, Patton. This year, the Ahmet Ertugan Award will go to Clarence Avant. He's 90 and a music executive, film producer, and entrepreneur who played a part in deals over the last 60 years that involved black music talent, black culture, or civil rights. Dubbed the Black Godfather, a Netflix documentary about him premiered in 2019. So that's uh, wrapping up music, but what's happening and uh, some inductees. Dionne Warwick should definitely be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's Dionne Warwick. She, like, she's Dion Warwick. Okay? Um. Alright. I thought this was interesting. You might as well. Michael Jordan, uh, revealed the final text messages he shared with Kobe Bryant. Um. Uh, he says he still gets choked up looking at his phone in a series of 17-month-old text messages. The all-time uh, great Jordan and late basketball icon Kobe Bryant chatted electronically about family, hoops, and tequila in their final communications just weeks before his death. Uh, Jordan told ESPN that he's kept those final text messages even if they inevitably bring a tear to his eye. Uh, he was just so happy, Jordan said of Bryant's final weeks of life. He was doing so well. The 
two basketball greats exchanged messages midday on December 8th, 2019, seven weeks before Bryant, 41, and his daughter, uh, Gigi, uh, and six friends and a pilot were killed in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Um, Bryant texted Jordan saying the tequila is awesome, referencing Jordan's Cincoro tequila, which had been sent to the retired LA Lakers guard. Jordan responded, thank you, my brother. He said, yes, sir. Family good. Bryant, uh, all good. Yours, all good. You know, I think um, the Texas messages, if you want to read them, I'm not going to read a text back and forth. But when it comes to keeping uh, communications, and even for me, it's contacts. When someone passes away, are you able to, we'll put this out there as a question for you. How, how do you deal with loss? When you lose somebody, do you delete them from Facebook? Do you delete their contacts? Do you delete all traces of them? Or do you preserve it? Do you keep it with you? The poll is up. I asked them to put it up right before the show. Um, <laughs> well, how do you deal with death? When someone passes away, do you delete the contact and the text messages and them from your social networks? Or do you keep it around? How do you deal with it? You can take that poll at twitter.com forward slash unmuted nation. I want your feedback. I want to hear how you deal with it. I deal with it. I don't. I have numbers and messages and communications from people that passed away maybe up to 10 years ago because it is just too difficult for me to get rid of it um I want to know. Coming up in the headlines, we'll continue to talk about what's happening, obviously, with, with the Republicans. Lots of feedback on Liz Cheney and, and that. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres announcing today that she will end her TV talk show after her 19th season. This show is currently in its 18th season right now. The 19th season will air uh, from 2021, fall 2021, until spring 2022. She says that the challenge just is not there. Uh, as you remember, uh, I'm not going to announce that I'm teasing it. I'm just going to give you the story. Listen, <laughs> we're not going to go back into this. I got other things to talk about. Uh, what's interesting? Um, there was tons of fallout during the the bulk of the the pandemic of what behind the scenes was like at the Ellen Show, and since then the show hasn't recovered. She hasn't recovered, uh, and it looks like there will not be a recovery. So thoughts on that? I'll take them as well. Eight four four eight six six. 8833 Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. I'm back with you in moments. You're listening to the one and only Unmuted Nation on Boss FM Talk UNR1. Welcome back to the nation. Alright, this one out of Tampa, Florida. Uh, you may have seen this story. I was chatting about it this morning with some friends. I'm very clear on my stance on it, but I'm going to report you. I'm going to report the news and I'm going to report the story. I'm going to give it to you straight and then we're going to talk. Okay, police said a Dunkin' uh, store employee, you know Dunkin' Donuts is now just Dunkin', uh, fatally punched a 77 year old customer in Florida after the employee said the man repeatedly used a racial slur against him. Uh, the, I guess if you die two days later, then the punch is fatal. But listen, the victim, a man uh, who police did not name, was punched May 4th and died Friday. Uh, that led to a manslaughter charge against 27-year-old Corey Pujols, who worked at the store. Now, I, my understanding is I've seen some reporting that he was a manager at the store. I've seen other reporting that this customer was a frequent customer at the store, and this altercation started. Yeah, he got frustrated in the drive-thru, came into the store, and lodged these two racial slurs at the manager. That's my understanding. Let me continue with the reporting. Uh, Pujols told police that the man was extremely rude the day of the punch and had called him a racial slur. The, now, the racial slur does not appear in the report, but my nigga. Uh, Pujols, who is black, said he confronted the man about the slur, at which point the 77-year-old man repeated it. The slur was not described further by police. And again, it's not in the police report. Now, a Tampa Police Department report says after he was punched, the victim fell backwards and hit his head on the concrete floor. The Tampa Bay Ta Times reports an autopsy shows the man suffered a skull fracture and brain contusions. Pujols was jailed Tuesday without bail on a charge of aggravated manslaughter of a person uh, older than 65, which carries a maximum 30-year prison sentence. Jail workers show a public defender will be appointed to represent him. A Duncan spokesperson did not immediately respond to an email request for comment from the Tampa Bay Times. Urban Newsroom and Black News Alerts have reached out for comment, and we have not heard back uh, either. Here's the thing. 
Uh, and full, no, I, this is me. The, the day that this show ends and the day that you stop hearing from me is the day that I'm jailed because I reacted or retaliated on somebody lodging a racial slur at me. Age does not preclude you from getting these hands, um, or some type of response. One of my, one of the videos that I've seen where there was an older elderly lady, uh, this was during the pandemic, was saying the word nigger at this, this man. And she, he's like, say it again. And he sprayed her with Lysol and she, you know, and maybe her heart stopped. And I don't know if that's manslaughter too, but here's the thing. I have a, a, a visceral reaction. If you say something to me that I'm not, uh, and that is just, it's just how I'm programmed. And I think I totally black out. I don't know if it's scientific. I don't know how that works. Um, I'm not really concerned. Uh, we'll follow that story. We're going to keep our, our hands on that story and, and just, I'll continue to follow it and give you updates. If I have information on where you can put money on that man's books, I will provide you with that as well because it is vital, uh, that, you know, I feel like he needs his support while he's, uh, he's in, uh, incarceration over this. I think that's completely, uh, insane and stupid. Um, we'll talk more about Israel and Palestine in the next hour. And I also want to remind you that tomorrow on Twitter, we will be do- doing our first Twitter spaces on the unmuted nation Twitter account. So if you're not following Unmuted Nation on Twitter, make sure you go do that. Uh, and we will jump into that in a moment. Um, uh, Portia Williams. Let's, let me spark here for a little bit. I don't know all of the, de- all of the details. I can't tell you all of the details because her confession, I stopped watching Real Housewives of Atlanta last season. I started with the show. I rocked with the show for years and then it just got, it's not interesting to me. I don't think there's anything interesting about Cynthia Bailey. There's nothing interesting about Candy Burris. There's nothing interesting about Portia Williams. Sorry. And I really just don't want to watch Kenya Moore. Uh, and those new people, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know those new people. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, now, this is what happened if you're like, oh, well, the housewives broke the internet. They did one day after announcing, uh, her engagement to estranged husband of her former real housewives of Atlanta co-star, uh, Phelan Gobadia. Portia Williams has more to tell the masses. Now, apparently what happened is Portia had this friend Phelan on the show. And you know that they are a friend on the show because it says friend of Portia, right? I think this was Phelan's first uh, go round. Portia was recently dating Dennis, who she had her child by. I don't know the specifics. I can tell you this. Bravo has given Portia a limited three-part Bravo series because of the drama that ensued. She's going to star on that limited series, uh, expected to start filming this summer. Page Six is reporting that the special was greenlit months ago, so it has nothing to do with this engagement news. But Portia is now engaged to Phelan's ex, and that's where the drama kind of came up. Portia has only been dating this new man for a month. Williams was arrested twice in Louisville uh, over the summer of last summer. You guys know that she was protesting against officers who killed 26-year-old Breonna Taylor and her grandfather. No, you know, if you're from Atlanta, you know that Portia's grandfather, Hosea Williams, was active in the civil rights movement in Atlanta. He uh, was a legend. And Hosea Feed the Hungry is something that my family participated in for years. Uh, my family still lives there, so maybe they still do. Uh, something at Thanksgiving and Christmas, but Hosea Fre- uh, Portia's grandfather is a legend that's what's going on with the housewives i don't have an opinion guys because i don't care but that is because people kept asking me what i think i don't think about it because i don't care um now two stories that i want to talk about coming up uh in the next hour a few that i'm extremely concerned about one that was just extremely jarring to me um liddell lee he was executed by lethal injection in Arkansas in 2017. Now this story, five days old from the New York Times, four years later, new DNA testing revealed that genetic material on the murder weapon, which was never previously tested, belongs to another man. This man was executed four years ago, and now we have DNA uh, that there, we know that there was DNA on the murder weapon that did not belong to the man that passed away. Of course, he was a black man. Of course, 
that's the kind of stuff that's happening that we have to look out for and that we have to speak out about and it's why we get angry and 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 you know uh, passionate about what we cover here at the nation i gotta take a quick break we're wrapping up the hour and i'm back with you in moments you're listening to unmuted nation this is the all new boston talk unr1 Wrapping up the hour, uh, coming into the next hour, we talk about a man who served 42 years in prison for triple murder. Uh, he's innocent, uh, says his prosecutor. I'll tell you about that, uh, that news breaking. Uh, Trump family members were allegedly too close to Secret Service. What does that even mean? And, um, <laughs> a white woman falsely calls 911. Uh, and accuses black TikTokers of beating her. I've got those details and some information about Colin Kaepernick's new book. Uh, we're continuing to talk about what's happening across the nation uh, and how this nation is unfortunately crumbling and what you can do to stop that bleed. All right. The number 844-AMUTED, 844-866-8833, AMUTED Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I got a quick music break for you and it looks like I'm back with you in seven minutes. Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, what is up, everyone? It is Mackenzie from Stafford, Virginia, and you're listening to Unmuted Nation on Boss FM Talk. Welcome back to Unmuted Nation, and welcome. Thank, thanks for sticking with me for another hour. If you're on the podcast, another 30 minutes you got with me, your boy. Uh, I am Alex Haynes, and of course, if you're listening on live uh, or li- live through the Boss FM app, share this feed right now. Let them know that Unmuted Nation is live and on your radio. If you are listening via the podcast, share the podcast. Because that helps you and it helps me and it keeps me here. All right. Former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick may not ever play in the NFL again, but he's continuing his activism around social justice. The 33-year-old will release a book of essays advocating the abolition of police and prisons. Now, this reporting in not only from TMZ, Page Six, and now our newsroom at Urban Newsroom. The book entitled Abolition for the People, the Movement for a Future Without Policing and Prisons, is set for release on October 12th with over 30 essays. Kaepernick is credited as the book's editor, but will author one of the essays himself. He tweeted out, Today I'm excited to share that we at Kaepernick Publishing will be releasing our first title, Abolition for the People, the Movement for a Future Without Policing in Prisons on October 12, 2021. This anthology builds on decades of organizing and writing against policing and prisons. Um, Kaepernick formed his publishing company in 2019 as part of an outgrowth of his social justice work that started when his peaceful anthem protest became controversial by none other an ass clown that used to sit in the White House chair. Uh, ultimately, uh, Colin uh, took the 49ers to the Super Bowl in 2013 in a losing effort and was drummed from the league and settled a collusion case against the NFL in 2019, which alleged that NFL teams agreed to keep him from re-signing to the league. Since then, Kaepernick has sponsored the Know Your Rights Camp, which has provided empowerment training to kids in several cities and made good on his pledge to donate a million dollars of his own money to various social justice organizations. This is not a celebrity out raising money to donate to organizations, but donating his own. And he wasn't getting a check. He says he hopes the book will expand the conversation around preventing police violence against blacks and people of color. The anthology built on decades of organizing and writing against policing and prisons and features the work of other uh, of over 30 contributors, plus a reader's guide, infographics and cover art by Emery Douglas. Douglas is the artist who, who created the historic, co- historic covers for the Black Panther newspaper. Kaepernick uh, concluded, I'm proud to have edited this collection and hope it adds to the chorus of voices calling for a world without and beyond policing and prisons. Kaepernick is not the first celebrated individual to call for prison and police abolition. The movement has been growing for decades in the U.S. And as we talk about here, um, the United States is only 4.25% of the world's population. And it incarcerates over 2 million people, mostly of color, who are 24.7% of the world's prison population. Insane. Um, activist and scholar Angela Davis in 20, uh, 2003 released a book, Our Prisons Obsolete, which called for the abolition of the prison industrial complex. Now, we'll continue to follow this story. Excited about this book. I think this is huge for Cap, and I'm excited that he's uh, throwing himself 
into the fray because I think it's just it, this is going to be amazing. Um, in that same vein, San Francisco is to reinvest reinvest uh, three point seven five. Uh, million dollars from police budget into black businesses. This happening in a non-red state. Listen up. Mayor London Breed, uh, one of the nation's black mayors, um, made the announcement on Wednesday that the city of San Francisco has announced a plan to redirect $3.75 million from its police budget to black-owned businesses. Um, across the country and in our city, we've seen how the black community's economic growth and prosperity has historically been disrupted and marginalized. Bree says that this funding is part uh, of our efforts to undo the harm of generations of disinvestment and economic inequities. Uh, as we work to recover and make San Francisco a better place to live, work, and do business, we have to invest our resources in a way that lifts up and supports African-American small business owners, entrepreneurs, and the entire community. Uh, this is amazing. The initiative will be an investment by the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, and it's also a part of the city's Dream Keeper Initiative. 17 black-serving community organizations will receive funding to provide services and achieve improved economic development outcomes for African-American businesses, entrepreneurs, and the African-American and black communities in San Francisco more broadly. Investment focused on helping African-American small businesses and entrepreneurs in San Francisco to start, stabilize, or grow their businesses. Uh, and, and just pausing there for a moment. What that does for black businesses, a, a, a stimulus, a, 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 as you will, or if you will, because the opportunities are not provided in the communities that they live, work, and play in. We, you can't walk into a, 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 a bank as a black person, uh, and get, and, and with a business plan, solid credit, and a reputable credit score, and, or even solid collateral, and have the confidence that you will be awarded that loan, uh, like, your counterparts in the country may. And so I think for San Francisco, this is major news. I think this is amazing. Uh, if you see this story on our social media, make sure you share it, share this, uh, feed as well, because it's important that we talk about the advancements in our communities, things that are changing and what we are doing to make this place greater. I got a lot of good black news. Now, uh, let's talk about what's happening in, uh, the pipeline. I didn't get to it in the first hour, but we did break this news yesterday. Uh, sad to see because we saw this coming. There was no reason for it to happen, but America in an American fashion continues to freak out uh, when unnecessary. So uh, breaking news, this broke yesterday evening and tons of you had thought things to say about it. A state of emergency was declared in Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia amid gas shortages. And so you can see photos of people pulling up with their trucks and barrels and taking loads of gas away. A notable comment, someone said something to me yesterday and said, you know, that they had a couple vehicles and it makes sense even though the optics looks bad and I had to go off. That doesn't make sense. It's terrible, it's ridiculous and it is uh it is not you doing your part as a global citizen. It just makes no sense for you to be hoarding gas when you have one vehicle. You have one driving foot, one foot that's going to go on the accelerator. I don't really care how many cars you have. It doesn't really matter. There's no reason for no reason at all should you be hoarding gas at the pumps. And you people down there in the South, get the act together. People are only able to get one gallon of gas and people are back to work. You know, you're wide open and this is the, this is the result of being wide open. I think if we were looking at people making wise decisions, I'm not going to say that because it's not, it's, it's rude and not, it's unbecoming and it's not me. I'm, I'm working on myself and I want to be a better person. Are you watching people hoard gas in your communities? Let me know. 844-Unmuted, 844-866-8833, Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. A quick break and I'm back with you in moments here on The Nation. Unmuted Nation. Welcome back to the nation. Coming back to some more news that's trending. Uh, as, as, uh, as we speak, this one hits me hard. I'm from the Chick-fil-A capital of the world. Okay. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Chick-fil-A is limiting the number of sauces each customer receives at some of its restaurants in response to a shortage of condiments. Due to industry-wide shortages, we are currently limiting the number of sauces provided. The fast food chicken chain said in an email obtained by WTRF, uh, 
Oklahoma. Customers will now get one source sauce per entree, two sauces per meal, and three sauces per 30-count nuggets. Uh, uh, uh-uh. Chick-fil-A representatives apologize to customers in the email. We apologize for the inconvenience and appreciate you understanding as we work through this. Uh, see you soon. Chick-fil-A. I uh, now, you know, there was a ketchup shortage just last month. Uh, Chick-fil-A also sells its sauces at select grocery stores and retailers nationwide with proceeds going toward a scholarship initiative for employees. The Centers for Disease Control has suggested restaurants refrain from using condiments such as ketchup bottles and salt and pepper on tables, ramping up demand for smaller serving sizes, particularly uh, packets. Heinz, which has the highest market share of ketchup, has been hit the hardest, according to the Wall Street Journal. Heinz recently announced a 25% increase in production. Uh... I know how you feel about your sauce. You Chick-fil-A people that love Polynesian, I am a Chick-fil-A sauce person all day long. Uh, some of you like honey mustard with your basic asses. I am a Chick-fil-A barbecue. At one point, Chick-fil-A changed their barbecue sauce and I nutted up. Uh, they actually changed it back because people were upset. A sauce shortage. Um, when I tell you that uh, there are just things that I didn't know, like I can we talk about the world unraveling before our eyes right now? Can we do that? Because you're you and I, what you are, you're not living in the twilight zone. And I, I, I think, you know, sometimes we're just going through our day like things are normal but you're they're not it's not you're not this is not normal it's it's like a gas shortage chicken wing shortage sauce shortage uh, a shortage of decency and decorum in the government like it's 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 pretty it's 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 pretty bad um i'm following that one um god I'm getting reports that um, Derek Chauvin, uh, the former Minneapolis police officer uh, charged with the murder twice and manslaughter of George Floyd, uh, could see almost uh, about a 40-year sentence. I don't have uh, the full details, but this is the reporting in from the newsroom. A Minnesota judge has ruled that there were aggravating factors in the death of George Floyd, paving the way for a longer sentence for Derek Chauvin, according to an order made public uh, today. Uh, in his ruling, Judge Peter Cahill found that Chauvin abused his authority as a police officer when he restrained Floyd last year and that he treated Floyd with particularly uh, with particular cruelty. Uh, very, very interesting to see. And I, I think as we kind of watch this uh, develop, uh, we will will learn more. Still, even with aggravating factors, legal experts have said Chauvin is unlikely to get more than 30 years when he is sentenced on June 25th. Now, Chauvin, who's white, was convicted, as you know. We've reported that here and talked about it over and over and over again uh, in April of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter for pressing his knee against Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes as the black man said he couldn't breathe and went motionless. Even though he was found guilty of three counts under Minnesota statutes, he'll only be sentenced on the most serious one, second-degree murder. Under Minnesota sentencing guidelines, he would have faced a presumptive sentence of 12 and a half years on that count, and Cahill could have sentenced him to as little as 10 years uh, and 8 months or as much as 15 years and still stayed within the guideline range. Prosecutors asked for what is known as an upward departure, arguing that Floyd was particularly vulnerable with his hands cuffed behind his back as he was face down on the ground. They noted that Chauvin held his position even after Floyd became unresponsive and officers knew he had no pulse. Prosecutors also said that Chauvin treated Floyd with particular uh, cruelty during the lengthy restraint, as we mentioned before, saying that Chauvin inflicted uh, gratuitous pain and caused psychological distress to Floyd and to his bystanders. They also 
reveals that Chauvin abused his position of authority as a police officer, committed his crime as part of a group of three or more people, and that he pinned Floyd down in the presence of children, including a nine-year-old girl who testified at trial that watching their strength made her feel sad and kind of mad. Uh, as the story develops, uh, we'll bring you the latest. Unmuted Nation, Alexander the building. Okay, I wanted to hit this story because I got it to it at the beginning of the show. I had like scantily clad details and I wanted to give you uh, the insight that I had before I got out of here and before we get this tomorrow because you're going to go into circles and you want to be informed, okay? So a group of Republicans are preparing to deliver a message to the GOP in a letter that is expected to be released on Thursday. That's tomorrow. I will bring it to you if it's out before we uh, get on the air. Over 100 Republican signatories are denouncing former President Donald Trump's enduring influence on the party and threatening to form an alternative one if things do not change. When I In our dem democratic republic, forces of conspiracy, division, and death despotism arise despotism is the opposite of nepotism uh, it is the patriotic duty of citizens to act collectively in defense of liberty and justice the preamble of the letter reads um, the New York Times is reporting the letter is called a call for American renewal during Trump's presidency and in the aftermath of the 2020 general election Republicans who criticized Trump were ostracized within the party. In 2019, former Homeland Security Officer Miles Taylor anonymously uh, authored the book, A Warning, which provided a behind-the-scenes view of the Trump administration. Taylor is one of the organizers of the 100-member movement. Now, as you know, today Liz Cheney was forced out of her position as the chamber's number three GOP leader after she called out the former president's false claims that the 2020 election was stolen and criticized his role in the U.S. Capitol siege on January 6th. Cheney referred to the president, former president's lies uh, before being voted out from her post. We cannot let the former president drag us backwards, she says, and make us complicit in his efforts to unravel our democracy. Down the path lies our destruction and potentially the destruction of our country. Now, other high-profile Republicans who have publicly opposed Trump uh, include former President George W. Bush, former Secretary of State Colin Powell, former National Security Agency uh, Director Michael Hayden, former Central uh, Intelligence Agency Officer Evan McMullen, and Senator Mitt Romney. Now, uh, the letter also says this is us saying that a group of more than 100 prominent Republicans think that the situation has gotten so dire with the Republican Party that it is now time to seriously consider whether an alternative might be the only option. Uh, most of the names of the signatories have not been released, but Reuters confirmed that former Pennsylvania and New Jersey governors Tom Ridge, Christine Todd Whitman, uh, former Transportation Secretary uh, Mary E. Peters, and former House members Charlie Dent, Barbara Comstock, Reed Ribble, and Mickey Edwards are supporting the reform. Um, so they're saying they're still Republicans. They're saying that they want to fight for their party and hopefully they want to fight for democracy because that's what the hell we need them to do. Unmuted Nation. Agree? Disagree? Be heard. Record your feedback on today's show and email it to comments at unmutednation.com. Yeah. You may hear yourself on a future show. That's right, All right. That's going to do it for the nation today. You know where I am. The same time, same place tomorrow goes down right here at Boss FM Talk. UNR1 Alex Unmuted on Twitter and Instagram is how you reach out to me alright Unmuted Nation is available anywhere a podcast is available tell your friends if you enjoyed the show today share this damn podcast and come back tomorrow if you want to do it live I'm here live as well 1 to 3 Eastern that's 10 a.m. to noon uh, I am your morning show on the West Coast. Let's do it like that, all right? Uh, my number does not change. It's 844-UNMUTED, and that's what I am. Remember, today is greater. Believe it, speak it, and live it. You have to make the choice to be great. Your situation is not your destination, so go make it your motivation. I'm back with you tomorrow right here on Boss FM Talk. Hans, uh, the breakdown with Hans and Christian is up next on this channel if you're listening live. Otherwise, check their podcast out as well. Anywhere a podcast is available, it's called The Breakdown. Uh, I love you. I will see you tomorrow. Unmuted Nation and the Unmuted Nation podcast are registered trademarks. Each show is broadcast and powered by Boss FM. For more information on the show, podcast, or advertising, email show at unmutednation.com.